Who are the muttaqeen for whom Jannah is prepared? Allah says, Alladina yunfiquna. They are those people who spend. Earlier, it was said, La ta'kulur riba. Don't consume interest. In interest, a person is taking, eating, devouring, consuming, greed. And over here, the exact opposite Allah commands us with. Those who spend, who give, who think about others, who are not selfish, who think about others, الَّذِينَ yunfiquna, But they spend when? فِي In prosperity, وَالضَّرَّائِ And the hardship. They spend at all times, whether it is sarra or it is darra. What is sarra? ما يسر. سين رارا. And what is darra? ما يضر. Sarra is the state in which a person is yasur, meaning he's happy. When is a person happy? When he has enough money. When all of his needs are being met. When everything's easy for him. He's having a good life. So sarra, prosperity. And the opposite of that is darra, ma yadurru, meaning that state in which a person suffers harm. So he's hungry, he doesn't have enough clothes, he doesn't have enough food, he doesn't have enough to fulfill his needs, he's not living in a comfortable house, he's not moving around comfortably. مَا يَضُرُّ ضَرَّ Hardship. It can refer to poverty, it can refer to physical disability, it can refer to physical hardship, problems in life that mentally distress a person. But what do we see? That the muttaqeen are who? Those who spend in sarra' And in the ra. They spend in good times and in bad times. When it's Eid, so they have a lot of money. You know what I'm talking about, right? At Eid, people get lots of money. Some people do. But when they get older, then they lose all their money. Right? So, whether they have a lot of savings or they don't. Whether they have a lot of clothes or they don't. Whether... They have enough to fulfill their needs and more, or they don't. الَّذِينَ يُنْفِقُونَ فِي In life, nothing remains the same. What is constant in life? What is the only thing that's always happening? Change. Isn't it so? Change. Change is the only thing that is constant in life. We want, or we expect, or we think that every day should make us better in the sense that financially, physically. But what happens? Every day we are drawing closer to our end. You reach your youth and from that point onwards your body starts to decline. You reach your full strength and then your body starts to decline. Isn't that so? Because you have the growth hormone. To a certain point you'll become stronger and then you will start becoming weaker. Likewise, what happens with our financial status, with our situation in life, with our relationships also? Sometimes they are very good and sometimes not that great. But if we keep waiting for that ideal time when we are happy, when we are relaxed, when we are well rested, when we have no tension, no worry, no stress, then will that time ever come? It will never come. Because even when you will have a weekend off, you'll say, but I have this to do, I have that to do. I slept the whole time. There were people who came over. My time went away. So what's the point over here? 
that whatever is important to you, do it. Whether you are busy or you're not. Whether you are tired or you're physically relaxed. Look at salah. Is it something that you have to do? Yes. Even if you're at work? Yeah. Even if you're in the middle of a class? Of course. Even if you're traveling? Yes. What if you're sick? Yes. There's only one exception. If a woman is menstruating or she's going through her nifas. Right? That's the only time when a person is allowed to not pray. Otherwise, you have to pray all the time. Why? Because this is something that you have to do. And when you have to do something, don't you end up doing it? Don't you end up doing it? Yes, you do. It doesn't matter whether you're shopping or you're out, you're at the mall, you have to pick somebody up from the airport. It doesn't matter. You do it. Think about eating. It's something that you have to do. When you're sick and when you're healthy. Right? When you're alone and when you're with your family. When you're traveling, when you're at work, when you're at school. Wherever you are, do you eat? Yes. Do you ever say, I'm too busy to eat, so today I'm not going to eat, and tomorrow I'm not going to eat, and this week I cannot eat at all. Do you ever say that? We never say that. We never do that. Why? Because it's a need of the body. Likewise, there are certain good deeds which you need. You need them for your own good, for your own salvation. So regardless of your situation, regardless of the circumstances that you're in, you still have to do them. No excuses. And the muttaqeen, this is the principle that they have in their life. Because they know Allah is watching me. Whether I'm at home or I'm at work. Whether I'm in a Muslim country or a non-Muslim country. Whether I'm in a masjid or at the mall. Wherever I am, Allah is watching me. This is who a muttaqi is. So whatever he has to do to please Allah, he will do it. الَّذِينَ يُنْفِقُونَ فِي السَّرَّائِ وَالضَّرَّائِ They will spend in ease and in hardship. They will obey Allah when it's easy and when it's difficult. الَّذِينَ يُنْفِقُونَ فِي السَّرَّائِ وَالضَّرَّائِ وَالْكَاظِمِينَ الْغَيْظِ And those who suppress anger. These are who? The people of taqwa. The people for whom Jannah has been prepared by Allah. Allah prepared Jannah for these people. Who? Those who suppress their anger. We think that a muttaqi person is just one who prays. And if somebody tells him to do something, then he gets angry. Hmm? That you're stopping me from prayer. You're stopping me from my recitation of the Qur'an. We think that a muttaqi person is one who studies the Qur'an every day. And when there is some family obligation, he blows up. How muttaqi that person is, right? This is what we think. Look at them. They love the Qur'an so much that they're yelling at their children because their children are disturbing them from studying. This is what we think, right? كَالْوِمِينَ الْغَيْضِ Those who suppress their anger. Muttaqi, the one who fears Allah, is the one who fears Allah with regards to his dealings with people as well. Not just in fulfilling his obligations to Allah, but he fears Allah in regards to dealing with people. Kalimina ghayz. What is this word kalimin? It's the plural of kalim from the root kaf wa mim. Kalama. And kalama literally it means to hold one's breath. Try that. Some people can do that easily. Huh? Other people do it with a lot of pain and difficulty. You can do it for a few moments, 
easily. But after a few moments it gets difficult. It gets painful. This is what kazama is. To suppress, to control, to conceal something with difficulty, with pain, painfully. Meaning it's not easy to control, it's not easy to suppress, it's very difficult. But still they suppress. Still they control. The Prophet ﷺ said, إِذَا تَثَاءَبَ أَحَدُكُمْ فَلْيَكْظِمْ مَسْتَطَاعَ That when one of you yawns, then he should suppress his yawn, فَلْيَكْظِمْ He should suppress his yawn to the best of his ability. If you're tired, if you're sleepy, and you're sitting before people, and you have that urge to yawn, what will you do? Yawn with your mouth open as wide as possible? Is that what you will do? No. What will you do? You will try to suppress your yawn as much as possible. Is it difficult? Oh yeah. It's very difficult. It's hard because, you know, your mouth is just opening. It's out of your control. You move your mouth, your lips according to how you want them. But this is a time when your mouth is out of your control. So then what do you do? You fight back. You resist the urge. You don't just let yourself yawn with your mouth open. No, you control yourself. You suppress yourself. Likewise, كَظَمَ كَظِمِينَ الْغَيْظ What does it mean? That they suppress and they control their anger. The word غَيْظ is أَشَدُّ الْغَضَبْ This is an extreme level of anger. Not when a person is irritated or slightly upset. No, he is really, really angry. And when you're really angry, then what happens? What's going on in your head comes out of your mouth. Or comes out of your hands. Or comes out through your feet. This is what happens, right? People express their anger in different ways. Children, they'll throw a tantrum. Right? And adults, even they throw an adult tantrum. Don't we do that? Adult tantrums? I heard this term. In a parenting class. It was a webinar. And the lady mentioned adult tantrum. And I felt so embarrassed. I was like, when I see my kid misbehaving, I say, you know, he's going through a tantrum. But when I'm yelling, when I'm getting upset, I'm throwing an adult tantrum as well. Why is it that it's not right for a child, but it's right for me? That's double standards. It's not fair. كَاظِمِينَ الْغَيْظِ are those who do not have adult tantrums. They control their anger. Remember, غَيْظ is what? أَشَدُّ الْغَضَبِ Extreme level of anger where you want to shout, you want to yell, you want to strike, you want to break your things, you want to break something, you want to slam the door, you want to throw the telephone, you want to just throw things off the table, and you just want to throw the food away. This is what... Ashaddul Ghadab is you want to kick the garbage can. You know, you want to just kick the snow. This is what Ghail is. But Kalumina Ghail, they keep the anger controlled inside. They suppress it. They suppress it. Kalumina Ghail. They keep quiet. They remain calm. They remain composed. They remain, you know, within when they're in anger. And it is well known, it is understood that one of the most difficult things to control is what? Your hunger? No. Your thirst? No. Your anger. It's one of the most 
difficult things to do. People can control many things, but they cannot control their anger. Many, many people have come to me saying this, that when it comes to them being angry, they just cannot control it. They cannot keep it in. It just comes out. And when we let our anger spill out, then what happens? We make the worst mistakes. We ruin our relationships. We damage our friendships. Isn't that so? Because we say things that can hurt people so bad that they never want to have a good friendship with us ever again. Kalimina al Controlling the anger is something that's very important. And we see that when we fail at controlling our anger, we say things that we should not say. We do things that we should not do. We behave in a way that we should not behave in. The worst of a person comes out. This is why it's necessary to suppress your anger. Because if you let it out, then you will do what you will regret over later on. At the time of anger, and mind you, anger is justified many times. I'm not saying that you should not get angry. In the Qur'an, it doesn't say that they do not get angry. In the Qur'an, Allah says they suppress their anger. So it is justified to be angry, to be upset when someone has done something wrong. You have the right to be upset. But do you have the right to insult them? Do you have the right to say things which you should not say? No, this is something that we don't have the right to do. And this is the reason why at the moment of anger, you have to control yourself. And then later on, go back and figure out what has to be done. But when you're angry, then don't say anything. Don't do anything. At that time, keep quiet. Leave. Go do something else. Ignore the situation. And then deal with it later. Because you know what anger does actually? Anger is something that masks your emotions. It overtakes you. So you may be hurt, but that hurt, you know, it's expressed in anger. That disappointment is expressed through anger. You're disappointed, you're hurt, you can use other words. But if you get angry, then what will happen? You won't be able to communicate properly. This is why many times with little children, because they're not able to express their feelings, what happens? They have tantrums. They show anger. They scream. They yell. They throw things. They break things. But we are adults. And we are able to express ourselves through words. What do we say to little children? Use words. Likewise, what do we need to do? Use words. And if you are too upset to use words, then... Go, take a break, and then come back and deal with the situation later. And if you think about it, غَيْضْ is what? أَشَدُّ الْغَضَبُ When you're extremely angry. If you're supposed to control that, then what about when you're a little bit angry? Then you have to control that too. Because anger, in reality, you can say it's like an ember of fire. okay, Like a live coal that shaitan puts in you. When you're hurt, when you're disappointed, when you are irritated, when you're disturbed, when you're not happy, when someone has disappointed you. So anger is like a flame of fire that shaitan puts into you and it lights you. Hmm? You flare up. And then you cannot think properly. Overcomes your mind, overcomes your thoughts, 
and you cannot think properly, you cannot communicate properly, you cannot solve the problem correctly. You cannot solve the problem in the best way. This is why it's necessary that we control that anger, hold your reins, okay? Don't let yourself out. The Prophet ﷺ said, there is no sip greater in reward near Allah than the sip of anger. The sip of anger, which a person takes in. person gulps down. The servant suppresses it, seeking the pleasure of Allah. Another hadith we learn, a man asked the Prophet ﷺ to advise him. And he said, do not be angry. He asked again for advice. The Prophet ﷺ again said, do not be angry. He asked again, and he said, do not be angry. لا تقطب. Because then, you're going to harm yourself. And we see that when people let their anger drive them, then they hurt themselves and they hurt others. Isn't it that so many times when people are angry, what do they do? They hurt themselves. People cut themselves. People, uh, you know, literally, physically abuse themselves or they will hurt others. Your body is an amana. You're not allowed to do this with your body. Other people... You're not allowed to hurt them. You're not allowed to damage their property, their feelings. So when you're angry, control yourself. And when a person controls his anger, keeps it in, then Allah will also reward him. And those who forgive people. Afin is a plural of afin. From the root letters, ain fa wow. And afun is to forgive, to pardon. And عَافِينَ عَنَ النَّاسِ They forgive people. You know, when you're angry at someone, okay, when can you show anger to someone? When you're actually able to take revenge. Isn't it so? If it's your mother, or you know, an older person, or your boss, even when you're angry, will you scream at them? Unfortunately, people do that today. But... A child, if you're angry at a child, and on the other hand, you're angry at someone who is much older, greater than you, do you show your anger in the same way to these two people? No, in a different way. Right? So, al-'afina عن الناس, they forgive people, those whom they can take revenge with, those whom they can hurt. A child, you can yell at, someone younger than you, you can slap them across the face. You have the strength, you have the power to do that. But forgiving them over there, عَافِينَ عَنَ النَّاسِ This is something that leads to Jannah. This is something that only a muttaqi can do, the one who fears Allah can do. Because little children, can they defend themselves from us? Can they? A younger sibling, can he or she defend them from us? Not always. Someone who is lesser than the other is not able to defend himself. So the one who gets angry with them, harms them, hurts them. عَافِينَ عَنِ النَّاسِ When will a person forgive the one who is younger, who is lesser? When? When he has taqwa of Allah. That if I forgive him, if I ignore his mistake, hopefully Allah will forgive me. And that Allah is watching me, how I'm dealing with this person under me. وَالْعَافِينَ عَنِ النَّاسِ And notice the word النَّاسِ النَّاسِ includes who? All people. Whether they are older or younger those whom you get along with or you don't get along with, your relatives or your friends, your children or your spouse, whoever it is, عَافِينَ عَنِ النَّاسِ وَاللَّهُ يُحِبُّ الْمُحْسِنِينَ And Allah loves those who do ihsan. What is ihsan? That when someone does bad, you do good in return. 
So someone made you really upset. They disappointed you. You're frustrated. You're angry. But if you do good in return, this is what? Ihsan. You might say, but then people are going to walk all over me. They're going to take advantage of me. No, this is Ihsan. And Allah loves such people. Wallahu yuhibbul muhsineen. And when you're doing good, you're not expecting anything from people anyway. You're expecting reward from who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah loves those who do ihsan. There's an interesting story about this ayah. There was a maidservant of one of the companions and she was using a fan to fan him because it was really hot and he was trying to take a nap. Okay? And she fell asleep or something or she hit him accidentally or something like that happened and he got really upset. Like if something falls on us or if someone hurts us, even accidentally, we get upset. We mind a lot. So she said, well, كَالْضِمِينَ And he's like, okay, quiet. And then she said, well, عَافِينَ عَنِ النَّاسِ said, forgive you. وَاللَّهِ يُحِبُّ الْمُحْسِنِينَ You're free. وَاللَّهُ يُحِبُّ الْمُحْسِنِينَ She was set free. Okay, let's listen to the recitation and then we'll discuss the lessons. الذين ينفقون في السراء والضراء والكاظمين الغيظ والعافين عن الناس والله يحب المحسنين. So what do we learn in this ayah? First of all, we learned that the people of Jannah are not seasonal worshippers. Hmm? Meaning, they don't limit their obedience and worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to certain times, certain seasons. No, الَّذِينَ يُنْفِقُونَ فِي السَّرَّائِ وَالضَّرَّائِ In day and in night, on the weekdays and on the weekends. So if somebody says, you're crazy, weekends you're studying, you're taking another course, yeah. A believer is a believer on the weekend too. A reciter of the Qur'an is a reciter of the Qur'an on the weekend too. Right? Every day is a day of worship. Every season is a season of worship. Secondly, we learn from this ayah about that the characteristics of the people of Jannah is that they control their anger. Meaning they do get angry, but they control it. They don't let it spill. And when that emotion has calmed, then they communicate, they clarify, they teach, they solve the problem, whatever that has to happen. And we see that controlling the anger is one of the best ways of developing self-control. Controlling your anger, suppressing your anger again and again and again is one of the best ways of developing self-control. It's like you want to say something, but you shut your mouth, zip and lock. Okay? You want to do something with your hand. You want to write something. You want to send you know, a very harsh message or you want to write something on the computer, you know, for someone, send an email, but you stop yourself. You stop yourself once, you stop yourself again, you stop yourself again. What are you developing? Self-control. You are gaining control over yourself. This is why the Prophet ﷺ said, إِذَا غَضِبَ أَحَدُكُمْ فَلْيَسْكُتْ If one of you gets angry, then he should be quiet. Then he should be quiet. So this means that at the time of anger, we need to do different things to control that anger. What are some of the things that we can do? Say, A'udhu Billah. Because anger is from shaitan, right? What else we can do? Make wudu. Drink water. Take a break. Remain silent. Okay? If you're sitting, lie down. Do you actually do these things? 
When you're angry, who remembers to go and drink a glass of water? When you're in that situation and you're overcome by, you know, your emotion, you're so involved, engrossed in that heated conversation, then what's the first step you have to take? Be silent. Be quiet. Do not text. Do not write. Do not speak. Do not sigh. Do not say any word. It's very difficult. But that's the first step you have to take. And if you're having a heated conversation with someone yelling back and forth, and you become quiet and they say, why are you silent? Why are you quiet? Tell me, why did you do this? You know, they're having an argument with you. Then at that time, tell them, I'm very angry. I don't want to say anything to offend you. Let's talk about it later. And I've done this many times. And Alhamdulillah, it works out. Avoid the situation. Get out of there. Because you don't want to say something that you're going to regret later. If you're upstairs, quickly go downstairs. If you're watching someone do something and that's like angering you, boiling you from inside, somebody's watching the television and it's like time for salah and they're watching an Indian movie and you're like, what are you doing? Wasting your time. You want to yell at them. You want to take the remote and hit it on the television. Please, just leave the room. Okay? Get out of there. Okay? It's your kids. You tell them once, twice. But you think breaking television is a solution? Giving them a slap across the face, is that the solution? It's not. It's not the solution. And you know what? We think that if we hit, we are controlling the other person. That's not solving the problem in the right way. The other person may listen to you out of fear, but they're not really understanding what you're saying. And also, one more thing that will help us control our anger. When do we typically get angry? When we are upset, when we're offended. Isn't that so? When we mind. Why did he do this? Why did she do this? Why did she say this? Why did he say this? Because we are focusing on the mistakes of other people. Isn't that so? Start focusing on your own mistakes. Start getting angry at yourself first and then your anger on other people will reduce and focus on your improvement and then you will think about improving others too you know when you're angry then you're not solving the problem you're just making it worse if a child spills some water or juice on your new carpet on your new sofa getting angry is not going to help you can really worsen the situation the child is going to get hurt, he's going to get afraid. But if you teach him, if you speak to him nicely, then he will understand the mistake that he made. Another important lesson we learn over here is about the encouragement to forgive others. But this does not mean that you let every error go by. You know, somebody makes a mistake on the test, you say, it doesn't matter. Let them have full marks. No. Somebody is going against the rules and you say, it's okay, let them go. No, there's some things that are wrong and they have to be corrected. This is just like if there is a child who's learning how to eat. Okay? Takes a spoonful. By the time it reaches the mouth, it falls. Will you yell at the child? Why did you drop the food? Smack him. Is that going to work? No. Is that the correct way of teaching? No. But if that same child, you know, he's old enough of that age, and he is, let's say, hitting his younger sibling, then will you have to correct him over there? Yes. If he's misbehaving, 
not responding to salam, do you have to correct him over there? Yes. You know, there are some things that children learn with time. People learn with time. But there are other things that need to be corrected immediately. And in that case, you have to do islah. You have to correct them, not hold a grudge against them. Okay? Afina anas, they forgive people, meaning they don't hold grudges against people. Focus is on islah, on correction. The Prophet ﷺ said, Forgive him who wrongs you. Join with him who cuts off from you. And do good to him who does evil to you. Another hadith tells us that on the day of judgment, a caller will call out and will say, Who are those who have a right upon Allah? Let them stand up. And at that time, only those people will stand up who forgave the mistakes of others in the dunya. So focus on your mistakes. وَالَّذِينَ إِذَا فَعَلُوا فَاحِشَةً And those people who, when they commit a fahisha, what is fahisha? An indecent action. And it's also used for major sins. So like zina, okay, shirk, homosexuality. There are many things that are part of fahisha. But basically, it is an evil action which affects others, affects the sinner. It is considered evil, bad, by the society, by the people, by the intellect, and also by the religion. This includes, for example, riba, backbiting. Backbiting is also fahisha. Okay, meaning something that is indecent. anfusahum, Or they do wrong on themselves. They do injustice against themselves. What is ظلموا anfusahum From zulm. Zulm is injustice. And wronging yourself. What does this mean? Committing a sin. Because when we commit a sin, and over here sin refers to one that is of a slightly lesser degree compared to fahisha. Fahisha, you could say major sin. And dhulamu anfusahum, minor sin. Why is it called dhulm against oneself? Because when we do wrong, then we are presenting ourselves for punishment. When we sin, we are offering ourselves to the hellfire. Really, that's what we're doing. Isn't that injustice on yourself? You're doing zulm on yourself. When we disobey Allah, it's as though we're taking coals of fire and burning ourselves with it. We're abusing ourselves. Zulamu anfusahum. So zulm on nafs is done by committing that which Allah has forbidden, by leaving that which Allah has commanded. And remember that zulm on oneself is in relation to Allah and also in relation with the creation. When we disobey Allah, and when we mistreat others, this is what? In reality, harming ourselves. So when they make a mistake, when they commit something seriously wrong, or they do injustice against themselves, then what happens? ذَكَرُوا They remember Allah. Meaning soon after, they remember Allah. Who? Those who have taqwa. Because the one who has taqwa, he is mindful of Allah. He will rush to forgiveness. He will rush to performing good deeds. And when you perform good deeds, when you're seeking forgiveness, then obviously what will you think about? The mistake that you made. Allah. They remember Allah. And upon remembering Allah, فَاسْتَغْفَرُوا لِذُنُوبِهِمْ So they seek forgiveness for their sins. Remember, dhikr is done with the qalb, with the heart, with the tongue, and also by the limbs. Now remembering Allah with the heart, that they remember Allah's greatness. They remember His reward. They remember the punishment, the warning, the threat of punishment, the prohibition. And this leads to running towards Allah seeking His forgiveness. 
when you remember that Allah knows I've done this wrong action. Yes, my mom doesn't know, but Allah knows. And I know that this action is haram. I know there is punishment for this in the hereafter. I know I am guilty. Then this realization will lead a person to seeking forgiveness. Dhikr bil qalb. Then dhikr bil lisan. What is remembering by the tongue? Remembering Allah by the tongue. That for example, a person says something in which is the remembrance of Allah. Like for example, he says, La ilaha illallah. Okay, he says, Astaghfirullah Rabbi. And when you're saying after salah, Allahu Akbar, Astaghfirullah, 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 then you're thinking about your sin, you're like, I just did riba. I just said this, and I just said that, and I just yelled at someone. You remember your sins like that, correct? You know, Shaytan, Iblis, he said, أَهْلَكْتُ بَنِي آدَمْ بِالْمَعَاصِي وَأَهْلَكُونِي بِلَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَالْإِسْتِغْفَارِ that I destroy the Bani Israel by sins, meaning by telling them to commit sins. And they destroy me, how? By their saying, La ilaha illallah, and by their seeking forgiveness from Allah. So, they remember Allah by their tongue. And then, thirdly, bilfirl, by action. That they do that, which is a means of expiation for sins. For example, in the hadith we learn, As-sadaqatu tutfi'u khati'ah. That charity extinguishes the sin like water extinguishes fire. So ذكرالله They remember Allah and then they seek forgiveness for their sins. Allah says, وَمَن يَغْفِرُ ذُنُوبَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ And who can forgive sins but Allah? Dhunub is the plural of them. They seek forgiveness from Allah and by the way, who can forgive sins but Allah? No one can. If you've done something wrong and you beg people for forgiveness, and they say, yes, yes, we forgive you. But can they forgive you for the salah that you did not pray properly? No. Can they forgive you for the sin that you committed against Allah, against yourself, against a place? They can't. They can forgive you for the wrong that you did towards them, but not for other sins. Who can forgive all sins? Only Allah. وَمَن يَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَلَمْ يُصِرُّوا And they do not persist. يُصِرُّوا From the root letter, صَادْرَرَ Israr is to remain constant on something, to remain firm on something. You know, we read the word sir earlier, which is used for a loud, noisy, fast wind that is extremely cold or extremely hot because the temperature does not change. It's just cold. Okay? So, وَلَمْ يُصِرُّوا They do not remain عَلَى مَا فَعَلُوا Upon what they have done وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ While they know. Meaning, once they know, they realize that that action is wrong, then they do not remain constant on that sin. Rather, they leave it. Once they find out, then they leave. They seek Allah's forgiveness. So for such people, there is Allah's forgiveness. You know in the Qur'an, right at the beginning, we learned about al-maghdub alayhim. Who are maghdub alayhim? Those who earn the anger of Allah. Those who deliberately do wrong. Who know that something is wrong. They have the knowledge. They have the realization. But still they do it anyway. For such people, is there forgiveness? No. Forgiveness is for the one who, upon realization that he's doing something wrong, he leaves it. And when he leaves it, he asks Allah to forgive him, then Allah will forgive him. But if a person knows, and he's doing the wrong, you know, for example, the person is eating haram, and he says, 
after every bite, oh Allah forgive me, but I'm really enjoying this food, you know. Allah forgive me, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah. You know, astaghfirullah, you know, I don't want to do ghibah, but astaghfirullah, you know, this is what she said and this is what she did, astaghfirullah. Really, this is mockery. For such people, there is no forgiveness. Forgiveness is for who? For those who leave the sin. For those who leave it. They don't do it. They don't remain constant on it. But as human beings, many times it happens that we do something wrong, we stop, we seek Allah's forgiveness, but then after three days, we're doing the same action again. Out of forgetfulness, you know, we got so involved in that that we didn't even realize what we were doing. And then you remember and you feel guilty again. So then what should happen at that time? Seek forgiveness again. Because notice it has been said, وَلَمْ يُصِرُّوا Not وَلَمْ يُعِيدُوا يُعِيدُوا is what? They return, they repeat. It's possible that you do something wrong, you beg Allah's forgiveness, and then after some time, you end up making the same mistake again. It is possible. But what is necessary? That every time you realize, you stop it, you leave it, and you beg Allah's forgiveness. You know, in a beautiful hadith which is reported in Bukhari, we learn that a person committed a crime, a sin, and he said, Oh Allah, forgive me. And Allah forgave him. And then after some time, that same person committed the same sin again, and he said, Oh Allah, forgive me. Allah forgave him. And then after some time, that same person committed the same mistake and he said, Oh Allah, forgive me. And Allah forgave him. And this happened many times. And Allah said that my servant knows that he has a Lord who forgives. So I forgive him. It doesn't mean that at the time of seeking forgiveness, you know, a person has that feeling of treachery. That yeah, yeah, let me just say astaghfirullah, but you know, I like it and I'm going to do it again. No that sincerely from the heart a person begs forgiveness. But because he's weak, he's a human being, it's possible that he ends up in the same mess again. But get up again. Get out of that mess again. And if you fall again, get out of the mess again. Don't stay there. Keep coming out. And as long as you're coming out, you're struggling, you're striving. You are striving to get better. Allah's forgiveness is there. There are many lessons to be learned. First of all, we learn that even a muttaqi person is not free of committing sin. This ayah describes who? Al-muttaqeen. And Allah says, when they commit a fahisha, وَإِذَا فَعْلُوا فَاحِشَةً أَوْ ظَلَمُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ We think a righteous person is someone who never does anything wrong. Is that the case? No. Even a righteous person can make a mistake. Even a muttaqi person can commit a sin. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, in a hadith Qudsi we learn that, كُلُّ بَنِي آدَمْ خَطَّاءُ وَخَيْرُ خَطَّائِينَ التَّوَّابُونَ That all the children of Adam are sinful. They make mistakes. But the best of those who make mistakes are who? Those who seek forgiveness. Those who repent. In another hadith we learn that the Prophet said, by the one who has my soul in his hand, if you were not to sin, then Allah would remove you and would bring another nation who sins and who then seek forgiveness from Allah and He would forgive them. If you became perfect, then Allah would remove you, bring another people who would commit sin and who would seek Allah's forgiveness and Allah would forgive them. You know why? Because Allah loves to forgive. Allah loves to accept repentance. In Allah, Allah loves those who repent and those who keep themselves clean.
So yes, mistakes happen, sins happen. But what's the solution? Seek Allah's forgiveness. Now in the battle of Uhud, isn't this the lesson that we learn? Big mistakes can happen. But what do we do? We say, if somebody does something wrong, fire them. Somebody doesn't work out with us, divorce them. Get rid of them. Never see them. Never talk to them. Right? Never invite them. Never go over. Never communicate with them. Because we do not get along. We just fire people. We shoot them. Right? In the intangible sense. Okay? This is what we do. But mistakes happen. People make mistakes. And if Allah can forgive, then we can also forgive. وَلْعَافِينَ عَنِ النَّاسِ Then we also learn that every time we sin, who do we harm? Ourselves. Allah is more merciful to us than we are merciful to ourselves. You know that? Allah is more kind to us than we are kind to ourselves. We commit sin. And Allah tells us, لا تقتلوا أنفسكم لا تلقوا بأيديكم إلى التهلكة Allah tells the parents, يُوصِيكُمُ اللَّهُ فِي أَوْلَادِكُمْ Allah instructs you to leave wealth for your children. Allah instructs the children that وَوَصَّيْنَا الْإِنسَانَ بِوَالِدَيْهِ إِحْسَانًا So Allah is more merciful to us than we are, than our parents are, than our children are. This is why keep turning to Him. Then we also learn that remembrance of Allah is something that leads to seeking forgiveness. The more a person remembers Allah, the more he will seek forgiveness from Allah. The less a person remembers Allah, the less he will seek forgiveness. So this is one habit that we have to develop of remembering Allah in the morning, in the evening, throughout the day. Because, you know, when you remember Allah, وَلَذِكْرُ اللَّهِ أَكْبَرُ It is the greatest thing. This keeps you conscious. This takes you, you know, this moves you to turn back to Allah again and again. This is why Allah says, don't be like those people who forget Allah, so they end up forgetting themselves. Don't forget Allah. Forgetting Allah is the worst thing that a person can do. And then we also learn over here that only Allah is the one who forgives sins. In a hadith we learned that shaitan said, by your might, O Lord, I will go on tempting your servants as long as their souls are still in their bodies. As long as they're alive, I will continue to tempt them to disobey you. And Allah said, by my might and majesty, I will keep forgiving them as long as they keep invoking me for forgiveness. Shaitan is after you, making sure that you sin until your last breath. But Allah has also kept the door of repentance open for you. So a mistake happens. It can happen. That's not a big deal. The big deal is whether you repent or not. Whether you seek forgiveness or not. I saw this in a presentation. Something that I really liked. That our life, the problems that we face, the mistakes that we make, they're like a, you know, like a square root. Okay? That you fall. There is a dip. But then... When you repent, then you go higher. Then you go higher. Before the sin, before the problem, you were low. And you went even lower. But then when you repent, then you go higher. This is what happens. So if you make a mistake, if you end up doing something wrong, yes, feel guilty, feel horrible, but increase in your istighfar, increase in your repentance, and you'll go higher inshallah.
Then we also learn that a person must not persist upon a sin knowingly. When a person realizes that something is wrong, then he should leave it. He should leave it. He should not remain on it. This is why the scholars have said that if a person persists on a minor sin, then it becomes like a major sin in its severity. أُولَٰئِكَ جَزَاؤُهُمْ مَغْفِرَةٌ مِّن رَبِّهِمْ Those people, their recompenses, forgiveness from their Lord. Such people Allah will forgive. A big mistake happened at Uhud. But if you repent, you seek forgiveness, you rush towards goodness, you remember Allah, then جَزَاؤُهُمْ مَغْفِرَةٌ مِّن رَبِّهِمْ Their reward is forgiveness from their Lord. وَجَنَّاتٍ And gardens تَجْرِي مِن تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارِ Underneath which rivers flow. Allah says, خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا Abiding therein eternally. وَالنِّعْمَ أَجْرُ الْعَامِلِينَ And how excellent, how beautiful, how good is the reward of the workers. How good is the reward that Allah gives to those people who do amal, who work hard. Controlling your anger, is that easy? Not at all. Spending in times of difficulty, is that easy? No. Forgiving other people, very difficult. This is why Allah has prepared an excellent reward for those who do amal. Allah says, هَلْ جَزَاءُ الْإِحْسَانِ إِلَّا الْإِحْسَانِ The reward for ihsan, is it anything but ihsan? No, it is ihsan. So if you do good, you do good for yourself. The people in Jannah, they'll be told, إِنَّ هَذَا كَانَ لَكُمْ جَزَاءً وَكَانَ سَعْيُكُمْ مَشْكُورًا all of this reward that you see, this is your reward. And your effort, your endeavor is much appreciated by Allah. Allah is the most appreciative. وَالنِّعْمَ أَجْرُ الْعَامِلِينَ How excellent is the reward of the workers. Let's listen to the recitation. وَالَّذِينَ إِذَا فَعَلُوا فَاحِشَةً أَوْ ظَلَمُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ ذَكَرُوا اللَّهَ ذَكَرُوا اللَّهَ فَاسْتَغْفَرُوا لِذُنُوبِهِمْ وَمَنْ يَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ إِلَّا اللَّهَ فَاسْتَغْفَرُوا لِذُنُوبِهِمْ وَمَنْ يَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَلَمْ يُصِرُّوا عَلَى مَا فَعَلُوا وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ أُولَئِكَ جَزَاؤُهُمْ مَغْفِرَةٌ مِّن رَبِّهِمْ وَجَنَّاتٍ وَجَنَّاتٌ تَجْرِي مِن تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارُ خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا وَنِعْمَ أَجْرُ الْعَامِلِينَ